Hello, and welcome to the Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge podcast. I'm your host, John Carlin. This is the podcast where I tell you all about the great things happening in Virginia's Blue Ridge here in the western half of the state of Virginia. Talking about places like the city of Roanoke, surrounding counties, Salem, uh, Roanoke County, and then the city of Salem, Botetourt, Franklin counties, the town of Vinton. And we are also all collectively known as America's East Coast mountain biking capital. Not going to be talking too much about mountain biking today, although um, I've been out on my bike lately and enjoying it. And we just have a wonderful network of trails here in the region, all the information is at visitvbr.com. Virginia's Blue Ridge is nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway passes right through our region, and if you want to come and play in the mountains and enjoy a metro mountain adventure, you'll find it here in Virginia's Blue Ridge. All the info, once again, will be in the show notes and at visitvbr.com. But today I want to talk about the best place that you can go to entertain your children. Well, at least one of the best places, and this is really an outstanding feature that we've had in the area here for uh, about five years now, a little less than five years, Uh, but it's called Kids Square, and it's located in the center in the square building, which is right in the heart of downtown. It features all kinds of hands-on areas, Kids Square does, where kids can go and just really be kids. They can go through a mini bank drive through a small doctor's office, there's simulated camping, there's a grocery store where they can scan their groceries and put items in their cart. And I mean, it's all kinds of stuff that we'll be talking about today. And it, it really is a place where you can go and just have your youngster Rome free. Uh, oh, the other thing that's really popular is there's like a little sandbox, but it's not sand. It's uh, rubberized pellets, and that is probably the most popular thing that that you can do there. We'll we'll be talking about that more today in the podcast. But you can just let the kids go and be kids, and you don't have to worry. Everything, of course, is COVID safe and all wiped down and sanitary and all those things. And, and we'll talk about that as well. But uh, but but we are now post pandemic. Let's call it mostly post-pandemic, but the governor has relaxed relaxed the restrictions and uh, Kids Square is essentially now wide open, so you don't have to worry, all right? And and the kids can go and they can, everything is just is set up so that the kids can go and do what they want and you don't have to worry about holding their hand or worrying if they're going to fall down or wondering about sharp objects. It's just, it is kid safe and it is kid friendly and everything there is designed from the ground up for children. I'm talking about mostly children less than 10 years old. And literally, this will be a place that you can take the kids and they will be entertained for Hours. So coming up today on the Visit VBR podcast, we'll be talking with the director of Kids Square, Felicia Branham, and that's right after this. Welcome back to the Visit VBR podcast, and joining me now is Felicia Branham with Kids Square. In Roanoke, it's located in center in the square, and it's an amazing place to take your kids. Felicia, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. This is awesome. So Kids Square, how long has it been open now? Three years? Yep, it'll be four years, August 15th. Wow. Yeah, crazy. And I know before the pandemic, this place, you were at capacity, like all the time. Yeah, we had our first year, I think we had 80,000 people come through just our first year within 12 months. How much did that exceed the expectations and projections? Oh, well, we projected 20,000, <laughs> so fourfold. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm it was not, pretty incredible. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. And as a grandpa, you know, now, so I'm bringing my, my grandkids in there. And I mean, it, they just absolutely love it. So um, let's tell people uh, what Kids Square is. Now, you guys are, if you go to center in the square, right in the middle of downtown Roanoke, you're on the which floor? Third floor. Third floor, yeah, right. Where the History Museum used to be. Got it, yep. years ago. Yep. So, yep. all right. And um, 
Man, I tell you, more kids, more people have gone to Kids Square than ever went to the History Museum. It's the <laughs> History Museum, but you know, people are looking for something to do with their children. Yeah, definitely. So, when you walk in the door, what is what is the first thing people see? What's the experience all about? Sure. So, when you first walk in the door, you're going to see our logo our words, um, explore, play, and learn. So that's what we're about. We're about um, being a premier destination where families can come and explore, play, and learn in a hands-on environment. So first thing they're going to see is a town, Um, but it's not our typical town. It's a kid-sized town. So it has everything you might see in Roanoke, like Kroger. Uh, Kroger's one of our sponsors. So we have a grocery store and we have a hospital and our hospital happens to be Carillion Clinic. Um, We have a dentist, we have uh, a hearing uh, area, we have a school, Rono Catholic, we have a bank. So all the things that you would see in a town are in our town, but it's all kids size. So the kids can kind of make their way through our town and and be an adult in a kid size world. And your town is, um, so basically think of it like walking down a corridor and then, I mean, like a real, like, like I'm talking about. 50 feet, 60 feet. I can't think what it is. And then that you have all of these places that the the child can go into and each of them is like a room. So when you talk about um, like going into Kroger, they go in there and there's, there's a shopping cart and there's, there's food they can get on the shelves. What, what is that experience all about? Yeah. So when you, you're right. So you're looking kind of like down a main street. We have a road that divides it. So you can kind of go down the road. Um, Each area is 15 feet by 15 feet. So each of our exhibit areas are basically a square. So if you're looking down the road um, in our town, you're going to find these um, businesses on each side. So if you walk into Kroger, and like I said, they're kind of defined by that 15 by 15 space. So they have walls, a four foot wall kind of keeps the kids contained in the area so their imaginations can kind of evolve in those spaces. But um, so if you go into Kroger, you're going to, you're right, you're going to grab a little kid size grocery cart. And um, right now we even put up our our shields like you see in Kroger's from from our pandemic. So they get such a realistic um, experience when they go in there. Um, And our cash registers actually work so they can scan the foods and UPC little um, codes on the back of all of the items, scan on that cash register. So there's a, a some math that takes place in there. Um, you can be the cashier or you could be the shopper. Uh, we have shopping lists where we'll we'll do that every once in a while. We'll put out a shopping list and and make sure that the items that are on that shopping list are inside that exhibit so the kids can um, locate those items and check off their list. So um, we're pretty excited this year. We're hoping to work with Kroger. They're pretty, um, they're on board about this, but bringing in click list um, into that store. So actually having a real click list experience and maybe taking it over to our grand home furnishings home for delivery. So we're going to hopefully add that in this year. We're pretty excited. That is so cool. Yeah. And, yeah mean, really so neat. what age kids are we talking about here? Yeah. So when we first opened, we were going to target our one to 10 year old. We thought that was a a good age group. Uh, We have 11 and 12 year olds that still have strong imaginations who love it here. Uh, But we have found that the one to eight thrive. Um, You know, we have, like I said, nine to 10 year olds that come on a regular basis that have a great time. But we also have some nine to 10 year olds that come in and are maybe not as interested. So we're kind of gearing more to the one to eight now. Uh, We do have the back end of our museum in the last year. We've really kind of um, designated that to our nine and 10 year olds. We have some um, circuit play where they can put together uh, circuits and Legos, the small Legos and things that would be more, uh, you know, interesting for the nine to 10 year old. But we really target one to eight, I think is probably your, your best age. Right. Okay. So my, yeah, my oldest grandson is three and I'm trying to imagine he's not, I don't think he's ready for click list yet uh, (laughs) or math. Right, but, right. Uh, but I could see him just wanting to push that cart through and, and so forth in the little oh, yeah. Kroger store. Yeah, and my then, grandbaby's uh, three and a half, and he absolutely loves it here. He thrives well. Right. So we talked about Kroger a little bit. Uh, like when they go into the Carillion Clinic, what do you have for him to do? 
Yeah. So what's really great about the hospital is one of the ideas we had when we started developing and and designing that space was um, helping kids that actually are going to end up at the hospital. You know, I mean, there's good chances that a lot of our children will. And we wanted to make that area as realistic as possible. We had a couple of people uh, parents that kind of were concerned about that. Like, why do we want to make that look so realistic? You know, cause it can be a little bit of an intimidation for, for families. Um, but we thought, well, because they need that, they need that to kind of be familiar to them. Should something happen that they end up in a, in a real hospital, it's not new to them. It's not scary to them because they got to see it at the children's museum. So we had an MRI machine that we brought in, um, that, Actually, you can put a baby doll on it, send it um, through the MRI and the MRI machine lights up. It's a CAT scan kind of uh, system and it shows the brain light up. Um, And we've had a parent who actually reached out to us who brought their child. I get a little emotional about this because we've had more than one story of um, families bringing the kids to the museum for those experiences. But she brought him to to do the baby doll and the MRI because he was going to have an MRI at Carillion Clinic. So she said it was really special that she was able to offer that. So that's one thing that's in our our hospital. Another is our incubator, uh, you know, for the pre preemies. And we've had a lot of feedback from parents that that's been great for the older child who has had um, a preemie sister or brother. And mom's been able to bring them to Kid Square, show them what that looks like, kind of familiarize them with a doll baby through play. And then when they visit the hospital, it hasn't been quite as scary for them. So the hospital's been really, really, um, while we love playing doctor, who doesn't love to play doctor, <laughs> um, it's got more, it's, you know, it's more than that for us at the hospital. So ambulance is in there, same, same thing. We're, we're teaching kids that, you know, an ambulance is there to help us. So uh, it's been really cool. The, the, the hospital has had a lot of stories that's came out of there. That is amazing. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I never thought about the whole application of using them to, uh, you know, prepare the child to, to go to the doctor. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, again, I've got I've got all these grandbabies now and I'm so excited, but you worry all the all the time that they're going to fall. They're going to hit their head. They're going to do something sure. and, and raise three boys of my own. Yeah, we went to the emergency room. I mean, that's right. the kind of stuff that just happens. Definitely. We've just about We've had a couple of play it. therapists that's actually even reached out to us. Um, one was uh, out of the state um, and wanted to know how they could get a hold of a MRI machine like we have to put in their play therapy area at the hospital where they do work with children who have anxiety. Um, for that uh, doctor or hospital experience. So it's been it's been really pretty amazing to see. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so what else do we have on Main Street that the kids can do before we- Yeah, so we have out? a, you could be a teacher. Uh, yeah. So we have Roto Catholic in there and uh, kids can pretend to be a teacher. I know that was one of my favorite things to do when I was a kid. Um, and boy, we do. We have kids who put their parents in those seats, in those desks and they teach away. So we have a, a school and and we have the dentist and kind of the same concept with the dentist. I mean, we, we think that's uh, beneficial for the kids to kind of experience sitting in a chair and pretend play uh, that dentist experience so that when their first time at the dentist maybe won't be as scary. Uh, we have a daycare. Uh, honey trees in there. Uh, kids love to take care of their baby dolls in that space. So they're, and they can wash the clothes of the baby dolls, change the baby dolls' clothes, and all of that good stuff in, in our daycare. And we have a house. I mean, and kids love our house. I mean, that's Grand Home Furnishings. Uh, and they can, uh, you know, pretend that they are the parent and they are the caregiver. And they love it. They love telling parents what to do. <laughs> in that space and we have a bank and the bank what we love about our bank is it's about as realistic as you can get we have a um, pneumatic vacuum system that sends the money over Um, they can kind of do a drive up with one of our cars Um, kind of kind of uh, gave a little brief idea that there is a road and we don't just have a road we have road and then we have cars and the kids can ride these cars on our road to all the different businesses in our town. So the bank, they can ride up to a drive-in window. They can see themselves on a camera, uh, a video camera just above them and then send that money right through that pneumatic 
system over that, to like the, the teller like the on the tube, other side. Like when you go through the yeah. drive-through. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They can push the button and send it over to maybe a playmate or a, or a caregiver on the other side who's the teller. Um, and then we have an ATM machine that they can put the money through the wall and come on the inside the bank and retrieve it. And we have a vault that they can hide money and kids love the bank. We have lots of uh, robbers in there. <laughs> if I'm honest, I still marvel at that pneumatic tube when, when yeah. I go to the drive through. I'm like, man, yeah. that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. All right. So then once you get outside of the town, you've got some other things. So I'm thinking you walk in, you turn left, and that's where you go down that main street, and that's where the town is. What happens if you go in another direction in the museum? Sure. So um, again, we're kind of following Roanoke's suit, the great outdoors. Um, So right to the right, uh, to the left, you have the town. And then if you take a right when you come in, you're in a a forest, actually. (laughs) You're in the woods and um, the kids can climb and it's all kinds of gross motor play happening over in there. Uh, So we have slides and we have um, a rock climbing wall and we have ropes that they can kind of uh, swing on. Uh, Let's see, what else do we have? A camper. So our camper is huge. It's a huge hit. Uh, It's a little kid-sized camper the kids can get in. And then we have fire pit logs and, and marshmallow, pretend marshmallows and sticks. And we'll, it's amazing to watch the kids build those fire pits and then set up their little chairs around it and have a, a little fire pit with their family right outside on the camper. Uh, there's a hobbit house and we always say people don't really understand what a hobbit house is, but basically it's a little dome that sits inside the inside the wall, but our graphics around it makes it look like it's sitting inside our mountain or a hill uh, here in Roanoke. So the kids love climbing in there and kind of hiding away. We have a uh, sensory area back there too that looks like a Let's see what kind of like a playhouse, really um, a tree house. And so they can uh, you can't even see it. It's so hidden that you have to kind of make your way through our forest back to the camping area. And when you get back to the camping area, which is always visited, you just turn around and inside the wall is a clubhouse. And people are kind of like, wait, you can go in there. It's uh, So they'll climb in there and, and hang out and do all kinds of sensory lighting things inside there. That's more for our sensory friends. Everybody plays in there, but we've had a few experiences where we've, um, a couple of kids have gotten overwhelmed or overstimulated and we've suggested that space and it's been um, really successful in calming them down. It, it was intended for that. It's got a tactile wall in there and uh, lights that kind of calm calm you, some sounds in there that are calming. And it's been, it's been utilized exactly the way we intended uh, for several families who enjoy that area so wow that's that's yeah. really that's you know i didn't realize that there was so much thought put into that oh yeah we've definitely thought through everything we put in there yeah for sure right every every child's you know develops differently every child has its challenges uh every child has its own imagination um and we tried to think of as many uh, scenarios as possible when we were creating the space so that every family, no one, no one. I mean, we even have our fire truck that's in our town is um, we left it open in the back on purpose because we wanted a wheelchair to be able to roll up in that space. Um, most of our areas are hand. I mean, actually 90% of our areas are handicapped accessible, but that particular exhibit would have been hard um, to get. You could put someone in a wheelchair in that space, um, Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't be able to roll up in there. And so we were kind of like, you know, yeah, let's make sure that the backs. So we made that design on purpose to look as much like a uh, a real fire truck, but then have the back end completely open so they can roll right up to the, we didn't even do a, a seat in the fire truck so that a wheelchair could just go right up to the steering wheel and you could be a fireman um, very easily. So yeah, we definitely thought of every child um, as much as we possibly could when we were, when we were designing the space. That's great. And we've got uh, to see it happen the way we dreamed it. That's what's been so amazing about it is to actually see it come to fruition. That that space that we designed for the autistic child is actually you being used for that autistic child and and seeing that has been and like I said, the MRI machine and the 
ink uh, the is it called an incubator? The one that's in the for the for the uh, yeah NICU yeah NICU yeah yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. When we when we brought that in, that was really because we knew that's a little scary piece of equipment, and how cool it would be that kids would be able to see that here and not be afraid of it. So. Yeah. And then we have a dig pit. Um, and that's probably, I hate to say that because our families love everything in our museum, but this is probably one of our top uh, exhibit areas. Yes, it's a dig pit. So it's basically a 15 by 15 sandbox, um, but it's not sand. It is rubber pellets. So if you go to a playground now and you see the soft rubber flooring, um, it is that material before it's melted into that material. So it's just loose pieces of rubber. And it's probably in this space, maybe four inches deep, uh, five inches deep. So you can cover uh, somebody up completely. So it's just like sand, except it's not nearly as messy (laughs) and it's not nearly as dirty. And uh, so it's been a, that's probably top three exhibits in the museum. It's always busy with the one-year-old all the way up to the 10-year-old um, child. Everybody loves that space. Do you, do you have like toys in the sandbox? Oh yeah, we have. Uh, well, we did a dino day um, not too long ago and we put dinosaurs, but generally speaking, we have um, construction toys in there and buckets and all kinds of sand toys. Kids love it. It's right. been- Girls like amazing. it as much as boys? Oh yeah, there should be yeah, no no gender, uh, not included. <laughs> Everybody loves it. The parents love it. They like to climb in there. It feels good. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And so uh, now we've gone down, gone through the woods, we've gone through Main Street. I know you've got um, some other things. Yeah. There as well. So yeah, right before the pandemic hit, we opened up another little town, and our goal there was um, that this would be our small businesses in Roanoke. So our big town is our big hitters, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, you know, Kroger. They're not just in Roanoke, but we we chose a few businesses and we reached out to a few businesses locally and did a tiny town. Uh, so we have uh, Nissa straight ahead, right? When you walk in the museum, just go straight ahead and you're going to see this little tiny town, much smaller scale than our large town, but um, the place the same. I mean, the kids love it. So we have a construction site. It's um, Roanoke Valley Construction. So here, a local business. And then we have Whistler Plumbing, which is local business. And then we have Farm Burgessa Hamburger Shop. And then we have Blue Cow Ice Cream. And then we have a Once Upon a Child actually came in on that tiny town and did a STEM vention room for us. So it's a lot of STEM um, activities happening in that space. And now we're looking for a TV station to come in. Um, oh, wow. And okay. Into our tiny town spot. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And then, um, you know, a, a local TV station would be perfect. And so that's our tiny town. That's a whole nother area. That used to be just a construction area, kind of a building, anything building related. Um, but but then we thought, you know, it would be great to have some small businesses in here, make it affordable, make it. Um, uh, and they've been just incredible. Anything we've needed, they've stepped up in, in bigger ways than we expected, honestly. Um, and so we have our tiny town. And then just outside of our tiny town, uh, this museum goes on forever and ever. <laughs> um, we have 15,000 square feet of just pure fun. Uh, you go down another sensory hall. So it's, and that's where we have our glowfish. It's a huge, gigantic tank. And, you know, I, I don't want to bring, uh, you know, I know you are really familiar with this. Very familiar. <laughs> um, but it's been incredible to, to have that there and your your son did a little video for us we've yet to put that up um but we're going to do a video on how glowfish uh were basically um generated i mean they weren't born that way it's incredible that story just amazed me and everybody needs to hear the story of our glowfish so that that video needs to go up sooner than later by that fish tank but that fish tank it takes up the whole entire wall space. Um, it's beautiful because they glow. It's perfect for the sensory experience. It's very calming. You could stare at those fish all day long. And then just to the 
straight across from that um, fish tank is our light switches. And what kid doesn't like to turn on and off a light switch? And these light switches will actually activate a, a, um, basically a box that is decorated with different things. And we'll change it out seasonally or quarterly to do something different. So it's not old to them. They'll, they'll be surprised to see what's in there right now. We have a Harry Potter display. Um, so some of our older kids and our parents really love it, but you switch on a light and something happens. There's a box that lights up somewhere. You just got to figure out which light you're turning on. And then we've got two little corner uh, units where again, uh, a kid that likes to be kind of alone needs a little space can crawl in, be by themselves. Nobody bothers them. Um, and it's a quiet space. So, and that's hard to find in a children's museum. <laughs> a right. quiet space. So that's another area. You continue on, you'll hit our giant train station that um, uh, the train, the museum down the street, right. what's it called? Right. Transportation when, Museum. When, okay. Yeah. Transportation, yeah, Transportation Museum right. uh, helped where they were instrumental in how we designed our, their volunteers there came over and helped us design our giant um, train table. Uh, so that's in a space along with a interactive floor. And the interactive floor basically is a video game, but it is virtual. So if you touch it, touch a spot, um, something happens. Uh, so a game that switches off every three or four minutes um, to make it new and fresh for the kids. You can play soccer, you can uh, pop bubbles, all kinds of things like that. So it's pretty cool. Wow. All yeah. right. So, so let me ask you about the pandemic because sure. were you, you were shut down completely for a time, right? We were for three months. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. and then you sort of crept back into business following the governor's protocols and the health department protocols and so forth. That's correct. Yeah. And I know that even before the pandemic, you guys were crazy about wiping down surfaces and that sort of thing, because kids are just little, little germ factories anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, they all yep. have a runny nose or whatever. Exactly. Um, so where are you now as we speak in, uh, this is, uh, we're recording on April 21st of 2021, in case somebody's listening to this uh, as a back episode, but uh, where are you now and how are you impacted by the various uh, precautions. Yeah. So what we decided to do, and you're right, before the pandemic ever happened, our cleaning schedule was pretty spot on. Uh, we make sure every area of our museum is cleaned and sanitized um, at least once a week, each space. Um, and then throughout the day, we are we have a rag in hand that's actually kind of a protocol for us. If you don't have a rag in your hand, something's wrong. Um, so uh, so all the staff are always carrying um, a rag to wipe down surfaces and areas that kids are touching for the very reason you just said. We're, they're just germ factories and we know that before the pandemic. After the pandemic, um, as we watched the, you know, the data come in and the uh, research come in, we, we were doing a lot of reading and we decided, you know, Touch is going to be really hard to get to eliminate completely in a hands-on uh, children's museum. So how can we uh, slow it down as much as possible and have our parents and families still feel safe? So what we did was we instituted a safe play system. And what we decided to do was to really focus on those um, items that get put in mouths or ears, like our stethoscopes, anything that is touching our face. Um, we kind of targeted those areas and we thought the best solution was to give individual baskets to our families in those exhibit areas. So for instance, um, our farmer guess a hamburger place we have 40 baskets and all 40 baskets have the exact same thing in them. So they have everything that child needs to experience farmer Gessa the way we intended um, for pretend play. So they, they have two or three hamburgers, French fries, their spatula, all everything they need is in that basket. We have 40 of those. So we can um, accommodate 40 families. So we'll assign a family a number and say you're basket number one. So if they go into an exhibit, 
exhibit area and it has a numbered basket. That's their basket the entire time they're here at the museum. They can leave that basket in that exhibit area, go play somewhere else, come back and know that nobody else has touched their number. Um, so we, it's been highly successful, so much so that the parents have asked that even after everything is lifted, that we leave these these few areas, um, our baskets, and we will. Uh, and that's something I, I want to just kind of praise our sponsors for again, we reached out to them and said, we need more, we need more items in order to accommodate these uh, 40 families. And there was not one that didn't, didn't say order what you need. Um, So that was pretty cool. Uh, We were, we were able to quickly accommodate and make these 40 baskets. So as soon as the family leaves, we have staff that push around a cart, gather the baskets, take them to the back and we wash them um, between every single family. So there's nobody sharing anything that we we consider concerning. And then we also walk around the museum and trade out toys that are getting high usage on a regular. Um, we were already kind of doing that. We, we at least change toys once a month um, before like a whole new exhibit area got whole new thing. Um, We were cleaning them once a week, but we were changing them out once a month. Now we're changing them out once a day. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really, been really good. And you're, you're just open, right? You can, you can do a hundred percent of your occupancy or a certain number. How how is that right now? We're doing 75%, um, but we have not made that number yet. So we're not terribly concerned about having to make any limits at this point. We had uh, during spring break, we, we started seeing pre COVID numbers and that was pretty exciting, uh, but we're still not at a level that we're concerned that people can't social distance and, uh, like they need to. I mean, they they are this place. This space is so large, fifteen thousand square feet of, of fun is um, easy to to manage a six foot distance. Okay, except in our dick pit. <laughs> like I said, it's our it's our biggest one, and we try to. They're kind of on their own in that space. <laughs> I understand. Who's who's wearing masks now? Uh, anyone five and up, and we do. We're pretty strict about that. We we want to mourn and mourn correctly. So, uh, and families have been great. We've had no issues with that. So we're we're doing well. Okay, and five year olds are comfortable with the masks on now. Yeah, um, yeah. Nobody seems to have a my little grandbaby. He he reminds me to put my mask on. <laughs> He's right. three and a half. So right. I think our kids are handling it probably a little better than adults are. Yeah, I, I feel like my three-year-old grandchild would also wear the mask yeah. and be and be just fine. Yeah. Uh, and we've got little cute ones for him, you know. So it's yeah, um, exactly. It's, a, it's kind it's kind of adorable at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, so sure. um, when are you open? So we um, we are reserving our Wednesdays. We used to be open Tuesday through Sunday, uh, and Mondays were our day off, but. Now we are reserving Wednesdays for our uh, detail cleaning day, our sanitizing day. We really give this place a good uh, wipe down. So right now we're open Tuesdays, um, just a half a day right now. We're kind of, the summer it'll change. Uh, And then we're open Thursday through Sunday. So just our old hours. Right. And we will put a link in the show notes to your website and everything. That'd be great. So probably what people need to do is, is just go to the kids square website and, and check if they want to come through. Um, and you have, uh, an annual pass as well that people can purchase if, if uh, somebody local wants to go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So our annual pass is $185 and that includes every, Buddy in your family. So uh, two adults, all children living in the same household. And then you can do an add-on. So they can add you on as grandpa for $25 and you can come with them every single time for that additional $25 for each additional person. Gotcha. So we figured that out. That's $15 a month. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty incredible for uh, a family to come as often as they want to the museum and explore, yeah, play, and learn together. That's a bargain. In fact, on a rainy Saturday or Sunday, and and the kids are have had it, and the mom has had it. That's priceless. Yeah, for sure. Like, just take them to the museum and turn them loose for you yeah. know for fifteen dollars yeah. a month. Definitely. Yeah. yeah well, during our pan, when we did close down those three months, everybody was saying, "So, what did you do?" and we truly were just as busy during the three months as we were when all the families were here. Uh, we were putting together some STEM activities um, for the families to do at home because everybody was home and and kind of 
you know, floundering what to do with their kids. And um, so we put together this kits for kids. And what's been really cool about that is that will be with us forever. I don't see that ever going away. It was so successful to our schools, to our daycares that were struggling, to nonprofits that were struggling, to to literally the families in our community um, were were getting these kits at home and doing them at home. So they were learning through play, regardless of the fact that we were closed three months. And and those have continued to be a, a hit. We're going to actually have them at the Vinton Dogwood Festival on Saturday. So it's just pretty cool how a pandemic can bring about something um you know, so great as a Kids for Kids program that we never would have probably done had the pandemic not happened. So Yeah, and congratulations to you for just staying, you know, relevant, staying kind of on mission the whole time. No, thank uh, you, you for that. could have just gone home, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do that. That's for sure. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm just curious, do you get many people who are here from out of town? Let's say there's a soccer tournament and somebody's playing soccer, but they've got younger kids and they're looking for something to do. And it's a whole weekend. You just you can only watch so much soccer if you've got a little one with you. Uh, do, do people come from out of town and, and enjoy it? Oh, they do. We just um, and we love to find out where they're from and talk to them. Uh, Pennsylvania uh, during the spring break, we saw lots of families from Pennsylvania. And then they had something here locally. I can't remember what it was, some tournament just recently here in Roanoke. And we saw people from Maryland and Pennsylvania. I mean, yes, we see people from out of town a lot. And we've even over the last three years probably had three or four um, states and cities that have reached back out to us after they visited because they want to do a children's museum in their area from their visit here. So that's been... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been pretty incredible. New Jersey was um, actually I'm like, you don't have one in New Jersey. I can't I find that hard to believe. So I did some research for the gentleman and sure enough, they did, but not near enough for him. So he wants to make it happen in his area. So it's been pretty cool. I mean, I wish I was out at the welcome desk more often so I could hear the stories of all these people that are coming from out of town and seeing Children's Museum for the first time. So, right, right. And it's pretty cool uh, how, how do people find you? I'm just curious. How, how, do, how do people know that you're even there as a resource? Because they're in from out of town. They're staying in one of our local hotels. Sure. Uh, how do they look up and say, oh, look, Kids Square? Yeah. So obviously VBR is, uh, is uh, it's kind of interesting that we're on this one, but it is pretty instrumental. I mean, if I'm a tourist, I'm looking for, you know, uh, the information that's coming from our tourist area uh, facility. And uh, so they'll hit that, that up. And then they also just Google us. I mean, Google has been uh, hit. I think during the pandemic, when we reopened, I think our Google hits went up something like 60% the first two months because people were starting to let me out of here, give me something to do kind of thing. Um, so that, and honestly, I not to brag, but I do think our word of mouth has been pretty incredible. Um, lots of people talk about Kids Square here and not very many people haven't heard about it, which is pretty surprising to me. I was expecting a good five years before we would be a, a solid foundation that everybody knew about. But when we're at events or we're talking to people in the community, most people have heard about Kids Square. So that's pretty um, exciting. Well, it, it really is. And you guys yeah. are doing a, a great job. Um, so as, as uh, we look forward to the end of the year here, any changes anticipated, any uh, new exhibits or uh, is there any any events or anything that people need to know about? Yes, I'm glad you asked that. Um, we do have a new exhibit. Our Cox, the reason we're looking for a TV station is Cox Communication has decided that, you know, as much as the People love the TV in their exhibit. That's really not what they're about. Um, they're about connecting people, you know, through uh, virtually and things like that. So we have a Cox truck, a Cox community bucket truck that's going up in um, their space. Uh, actually, Mark Johnson, the he I used to work for the YMCA, and I know you know him really well. Very well, um, very well. Yeah, so he actually built it for us. Uh, he used to be my, he's my old boss. <laughs> and uh-huh. he built our ambulance and our Carillion. And now he's building the Cox bucket truck. Um, that's going to get a good paint and a wrap very soon. And that'll be open. It's going to be a slide. The kids are going to be interactive in the bucket truck. And then there's going to be some important messaging on the walls from Cox about what they're about. Um, 
And then we're going to be looking for that TV uh, station because that was such a big hit. We want to make sure that the kids are still being able to do that. And we thought TV station's perfect. Um, So that'll be coming down. And then we have some things on the rooftop that'll be coming up, um, some water play last year. That was another thing we did uh, when the governor kind of let up on restrictions just a little. Ten people gatherings were allowed. Uh, We knew it was important to be outdoors. Uh, A lot of people felt safer outdoors. So we started um, utilizing our rooftop. Um, we have a beautiful rooftop at Center in the Square that over Green roof with, uh, with, yes. a, with a beautiful koi pond. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Beautiful koi pond. Um, and we brought up our water slides up there and we booked uh, pretty much the entire summer was booked with our water play. We had a car wash up there. Kids could ride cars through the thing. And they just did little groups of 10 people that were corn, you know, that were potting together uh, and sticking together through the quarantine period. And uh, we'll be doing that again this year uh, because just because the people love it and they're already asking, are you bringing back the water play on the roof? So uh, as long as we can work with the city, because evidently we had a lot of water <laughs> that was coming down, coming down from the roof onto the street. Um, if we can figure all that out, then we're definitely going to bring back our water play. And we're going to be out in the community more this year. We're hoping to take our kits for kids to parks and American Electric Power. Um, we got a grant from them for $50,000 for this Kits for Kids. That's what I was saying. It's just who knew that this Kits for Kids steam kits uh, would be so successful. So we're going to hopefully pop up at parks and just give these um, families some stuff to do in the open, beautiful. So. Great. All right. Well, that's awesome. Well, Felicia, you've got, uh, I, I know you probably got to get right out there and start wiping down some surfaces. Or, <laughs> yeah, or, it is Wednesday. <laughs> or, or, or playing in the sand pit, uh, the dig pit, <laughs> yeah, as right. it were. But uh, Kids Square, what a what a great addition to all Roanoke has to offer. And congratulations for being so successful. And I hope you, you run another 80,000 people through there this year. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. Thanks for having me, too. So thank you so much to Felicia, and thank you for all of your hard efforts. Felicia really has made this thing tick and take off, and you've heard about how many people come to see and come to take the kids to play at Kids Square, far exceeding all of the expectations. Uh, and, and then even during the pandemic, they were able to find ways to continue to, to serve our local community and school children and, and find ways to, to keep Kids Square relevant. And that just speaks to the dedication of, of the staff there. And I've known Felicia for a long time. We both did uh, some work. She was an employee at the YMCA of Virginia's Blue Ridge, and I was on the, on the board of directors and served as president for three years. Um, chairman, president, I forget, I guess it's chairman. Uh, but uh, so Felicia did a great job with the YMCA and then then she moved over to Kids Square. It seemed like a natural transition in her career and she's just done a wonderful, wonderful job. Now, I should also mention that at Center in the Square is the Pinball Museum where you can play pinball all day for a fixed rate. You don't have to dump quarters in the machines. Uh, you just pay your rate and you go in and you play any machine you want as long as you want. Uh, and it features dozens and dozens of the greatest pinball machines you've ever seen in arcades or restaurants. Maybe when you're growing up, if you're a baby boomer like me, uh, pinball was my thing growing up. I was in the pre-arcade days. Uh, but then Center in the Square is also home to the Starcade, where you can play those arcade games to your heart's content, again, for a fixed fee as well. But this is different than the pinball museum, so you'd... you'd decide you want to do the Starcade or do you want to do the pinball museum and you go and pay your fee and then you, you play all the games and again there's no no dumping quarters you can just play to your heart's content and that is also both of those are extremely popular and of course those pinball machines uh, a lot of them are getting old and they have a full-time pinball machine expert on staff who uh, can fix them when when they go south because there's a lot of mechanical moving parts in those pinball machines but but they keep them up to snuff and they all work great and it's fun I, I prefer the pinball but uh, a lot of people like the arcade as well so the starcade uh, we call it the starcade because we have the uh, Roanoke star on top of Mill Mountain which if you're in town you, you're going to look up and you're going to see it from just about any place in in town even uh, even during daylight hours now and also uh, one of the most popular attractions in Roanoke 
and it's also in center in the square, is the Science Museum of Western Virginia. And that's for a slightly older child than Kids Square, so 10 and up. Uh, and But I tell you what, even as an adult, I enjoy going through the, the Science Museum of Western Virginia. Uh, and then if you're looking for a place to eat when you're downtown visiting Center in the Square, the first thing I would throw out, and there's lots of options, but the Roanoke Wiener Stand is actually attached to Center in the Square. That's an iconic stop in the Star City with great hot dogs, and I would suggest that you try the onion rings as well. So uh, that's just something to think about. And then uh, back in side center in the square uh, for no cost. You walk into the atrium and there are wonderful aquariums there and they are free including two huge cylinders with jellyfish. There's a, a 8,000 gallon living reef system so you'll see clownfish uh, better known as if you watch the Disney movies Nemo and uh, and the hippo tangs which would be Dory and then there's an aquarium featuring the turtles of Virginia. There's a large fish tank with uh, fish from South America as well. Uh, and then there's another smaller living reef tank with live corals. So you can see all of that right there for, for no charge in the atrium. And I've seen people spend an hour in the atrium easily. And that's all for no charge. And then on the rooftop, there is a rooftop koi pond. And you do have to put a quarter in the machine and you'll, you'll get a handful of fish food and you can feed the fish. And of course, the surrounding mountains, uh, the views are just absolutely spectacular. So you're up on the seventh story uh, and that's no charge to go up onto the roof and to see the koi and it's a green roof. So there's living plants up there and it really is uh, a great place to just hang out for a little while. Maybe go get your hot dog at the wiener stand and then go back up to the to the roof and sit down and uh, and enjoy uh your your meal and and look at the koi in the koi pond it's absolutely beautiful and then if you're worrying about you know parking because i'm told you it's in the center of the city but parking is not really an issue in roanoke um you there is street parking uh, but the places I'm asking you to um, that you might want to visit that I'm telling you where you might want to visit, uh, you're going to need more than an hour parking. So I would suggest that you park in one of the lots downtown where you can pay a fee. And then the best thing to do is if you're visiting Center in the Square and you're looking to go to Kids Square, there's literally a parking garage attached to the side of Center in the Square. And it's inexpensive. Uh, parking in Rono, people who live here, don't like to pay to park because we've just kind of become adjusted to that. But I can remember going to the Shed Aquarium on a Sunday in Chicago and paying $40 to park for half a day on a weekend. It was crazy. And so uh, for, for here in Roanoke, uh, Monday through Friday at the parking garage, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's a dollar per half hour, but it's an $8 maximum. So you can go in, and, and if you know you're going to be there all day, pay your $8, and, and you're done. Uh, and then there's a 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. $4 flat rate, and I believe that also applies to on Saturdays from 4 to 9 p.m., and then parking is free on Sundays. So uh, really, parking is not an issue, and there's plenty of it, and there are some other uh, lots that are not owned by the city of Roanoke that are that are available right adjacent to center in the square. And that puts you right there in the heart of our downtown. There's a farmer's market, which uh, during good weather has artisans out there selling goods. Um, and a lot of times there'll be a street festival or something. So there's, so there's a guy making kettle corn and that sort of thing on weekends. So there's really a lot going on. And all of our little shops and boutiques and galleries are right down there in the same area, all within a, a two block walking distance. So really, uh, if you're coming to see the different museums at Center in the Square, fantastic. Uh, and then you're right there, even if you want to go to the Taubman Museum of Art, uh, it's all right there within walking distance, even with, with small children or strollers. Okay. Now, if you're planning a trip to Virginia's Blue Ridge, I've been talking about this metro mountain mix, and I've been telling you mostly about the metro section, some of the fun things that you have in a in a small city. And Roanoke's a city of about 100,000 people. But um, 
Um, we think of this as an outdoor playground. I've talked about the cycling a little bit. Then there's running, there's hiking, there's kayaking, fishing, fly fishing. It's all here. And the Roanoke River flows right through the region. The Roanoke River Greenway follows the river, and that's great for running, biking, dog walking. If you've got a stroller and you want to take the kids out and just get some fresh air, it's flat, it's pretty. Uh, it goes right through a number of parks. They have playgrounds and picnic shelters. And then uh, if you want to drive about eight miles from downtown is Explore Park off the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, and that's uh, home to Treetop Quest, including zip lines and aerial uh, ropes courses and a lot going on there. If you want to stay overnight, there's cabins and yurts and a growing network of mountain bike trails there. Um, the Owenston Link Museum, uh, the Transportation Museum of Virginia, the Tobin Museum of Art, I mentioned already, uh, are all right in our downtown area. Uh, Transportation Museum of Virginia, there's ample parking, and uh, I'm quite sure that is still free. The Owenston Link Museum is uh, right across the railroad tracks and features historic uh, steam era railway pictures by the famous photographer Owenston Link. Um, and he is, uh, it's a marvel just to see what he did to take those pictures back in the day, setting up elaborate flashbulbs with black and white photography and then uh, photographing steam trains rolling through iconic 1950s era America. And uh, there are, uh, uh, he, it's just amazing to see what he did. So I'll just leave it at that. And you can enjoy hundreds and hundreds of pictures that, that he took. And that is the official museum uh, because Roanoke was uh, originally built around the railroad. Not so much anymore, but it was originally. And uh, Virginia's Blue Ridge also features, uh, for the adults, there are ample brew pubs and uh, wineries on the outside of town. There's shopping on the downtown market, the great restaurants I talked about. And you might be listening to this podcast because you're coming to town because your child is playing in a softball game, a volleyball game, soccer, basketball, whatever, because we host a ton of tournaments. And so maybe you're here for all of that, or maybe you're looking for a place to bring your tournament. Well, I would highly suggest Virginia's Blue Ridge because that's we, we do that professionally. And all the information is at visitvbr.com on just about anything that I've talked about. Maps for cycling, blogs. Uh, if you want to go hiking, you're looking maybe for a waterfall to hike to or a restaurant, or if you want to partake in our Cheers Trail, which guides you through the brew pubs and wineries and distilleries. Um, and if you want to find out about a prize, if you, uh, if you check in at a few of them, you can download the Cheers Trail app from the Visit VBR website, and it will also offer you discounts at every stop on the trail. And if you're looking for a place to stay in Virginia's Blue Ridge, we have lots and lots of nice hotels bed and breakfasts and that sort of thing. So it's all it's all right there. And if you do come here and whatever it is that you're doing, um, if it's outdoors, you know, this is kind of tailored to the outdoors, but we have a hashtag campaign called Be a Trail Setter. So take a picture of you doing whatever it is you're doing in the in the museums or out on the trails or in the river or on the greenway with the hashtag and then the word trail setter, hashtag trail setter. So uh, thanks again to Felicia for joining me here on the Visit VBR podcast. And whether you're a visitor or you live here, I think you want to go check out uh, Kids Square and everything that's happening at Center in the Square in the heart of downtown Roanoke. And I'll have another podcast coming out soon. In the meantime, I hope to see you here in Virginia's Blue Ridge. Thank you.